Hello, Podcast Nation. My name is Brandon, host of the podcast series, Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And last, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We'll see you there. Now transmitting around the world. This is Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. Hello, Podcast Nation, and welcome to another episode of Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. This is the show that involves you, the listeners, by sharing your personal stories with our guests, sharing your shout-outs, and any advice you may need. You know me as Brandon Horton, and in this episode, you guys are going to know my special guest, Clay Walker. So it's great to have you on today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right. So if you don't know who Clay is, here in the next probably hour or so, you're going to be knowing who he is. So... Basically, Clay, I, I consider Clay a good friend of mine. Um, I've known him for, for a little while now, ever yeah. since I moved out to Denver. So, Clay, currently, he's a movie producer. He's founded a local movie production company called Keep It Moving Productions. He's also an actor and film producer that's produced two films, uh, Diamond in the Rough, which is available now on Vudu, and I think it's still available on Valaris TV as well. Yeah, Amazon, too, I think. And Amazon and Google Play Store as well. And uh, he has another film, too, called Soul Custody, which is, in, which is in the process of being distributed for you guys to uh, watch here mm-hmm. soon. A couple weeks ago, Clay actually attended the San Diego Black Film Festival alongside some of his cast for Soul Custody, which was pretty awesome when I heard about this. So basically, Soul Custody you picked up Best Cutting Edge Film, mm-hmm. picked up Best Feature Film, mm-hmm. Best Female Actor, which is Aisha B, right? I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm-hmm. Aisha B. Mm-hmm. And Best Supporting Actor, Clifton Powell. So mm-hmm. Clifton Powell, if you never heard of Clifton Powell, you may have seen Clifton Powell, has a lot of film credits behind him as well. He's worked alongside many Hollywood celebrities such as Eddie Murphy, Jamie Foxx, Ice Cube, Cuba Gooden Jr., Terry Crews, and Chuck Norris. So... But again, thanks for thanks for being on here. So we'll kind of just dive into okay. here and just just get to know who you are. So first of all, just tell us about the whole experience of being at these the San Diego Film Festival and including the award ceremony. Oh wow, that was an amazing feeling, Brandon. Um, because I remember when, because I was so grateful just to get accepted into the film festival. Right. I had no idea that we was going to win it. I'm being honest. And, uh, and so, because I realized each film festival, they have thousands of submissions from around the world. Oh, wow. Okay. If it's not hundreds or thousands. Right. So just to get accepted, it was an honor. But then when, they, when I realized that we won best film, I said, wow. I was very emotional. Because as I was walking up, I was the first one got on stage, and they gave me the plat with the other the crew. Right. And so, and they handed me the plat, and I was, I was so excited. I made like a short speech, but I was reminiscing over my mind where I came from. Right. You know, I'm from the man. I'm just I'm from the small town, 
Jonestown, Mississippi, population probably about a thousand people. Yeah. And to be from there to that stage, man, I felt like I won an Oscar. That was a blessing. So how, as far as your film Soul Custody, how did it get accepted in San Diego? Was it just through your connections? Was it just, you know, through... What, the how? reason why I think it got connected because the message, yeah, the quality, and the performance. I strongly believe that. Right. Because in order... Because you got to understand something. You have to, and plus Soul Custody is a film, it's a cutting edge film that's outside of the box. Right. This is a one of a kind film, and I'm so proud and honored to be a part of this film. Nice, and I'm actually really excited to, you know, and you'll have to let me know when it actually is distributed. I still have yet to see Diamond in the Rough because of, of my work schedule and right. my kids and my family, but that's actually on my list, and I've seen, I. I for Diamond the Rough specifically, I've seen that trailer I think countless times, and I'm like, man, it's it's awesome. Just just that whole trailer, and it, the great message behind that as well. Speaking of Diamond in the Rough, yeah. um, I, I me and my wife and the kids we went to church yesterday, and um, and the first person I walked in, guess who I saw? Who? The lead of Diamond in the Rough. Really? She was the first one. I I've never seen her before ever. I seen her one time. Since we shot Diamond in the Rock, it was downtown at a sports bar, like right before a Rockies game. Yeah. And that's been years ago. And so yesterday, she was right there. It was so great to see her yesterday. Nice. Aaliyah nice. Shepard. Scouting at churches or something. I don't know. I don't know how she found you. That was in a, in a it, big city like this. I can't explain it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's, that's incredible. So your films have also made it to this year's Las Vegas Film Festival. Uh, you told me earlier, actually, before we started recording, that it got accepted to Los Angeles Film Festival. That's Soul Custody. That's Soul Custody. And and Soul Custody also in France, right? Yes, can. Okay. And, and we then, just was in Toronto. And then the Toronto Film Festival. So just kind of going back to that previous question. So you personally don't submit these films to these festivals. Do you have a team that actually... Kind of does that for you, or Dude, uh, I, I have to give another shout out to my friend Vance Zonabu. Okay, he's a writer. He's, he's a writer. He's a director. He did a great job on Soul Custody. Nice. Thank him for letting me be a part of it. Thank him for just believing in me that I can bring, I can pull the crew together and bring my resources in to take it to another level. Nice. And how he, how you submit film is, it's a company called Fram Freeway. Okay, you submit. You have to submit. Your film through Film Freeway. Remember, you may get selected, you may not, because they get like it was without a box and Film Freeway. Without a box went out of business, I think a year or two ago. But now all the business is going towards Film Freeway. You may get in, you may not get in. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. And so once you submit your film to Film Freeway, you just got to hope and pray that you get submitted, right. you get accepted. And this is like the same company, like I, I assume, submits thousands, gets thousands, thousands, and thousands, thousands of just all around the world. It's different films. There's, like I said, yes, you got Sundance, you got um, thousands of film film uh, festival around the world, right? And a lot of people go through Film Freeway. Nice. A lot of filmmakers go through Film Freeway. Like I said before. You get accepted, you get accepted. Exactly. Just like in Soul Custody, too, when you won all these awards, it just adds credibility to that film, yes. too. So Yes. It's like people, and 
the number one reason, and I have to give a shout out to the state of Colorado. Yeah. And and the city of Woodland Park down in Teller County. Teller County been a huge blessing to us because we shot Diamond in the Rut down there. Okay, nice. And we shot Soul Custody down there. And our next film that we're currently in development right now with another film is going to take place in Teller County. Oh, wow. Nice. There's a reason why we, we love Teller County because you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops right. to get it done. Like, for an example, location. Location scouting. You don't need a, a permit to shoot up in Teller County. But in Rappahoe County, in the city of Aurora, or the city of, or the city of Denver, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been curious about the kind of the, uh, the backdrop of how to actually, you know, get a film actually made as far as, like, location, as far as the things that you need to do. I did not know that, um, I mean, I kind of knew that you needed permits for certain locations, but... Down in Teller County, each county is different. Okay. Because they have rules and regulations per county. Right. But down in Teller County, which is uh, just a Crippa Creek, you got uh, Woodland Park, you have um, a Victor City, like them little pockets up in uh, Teller County, you don't need any permit. Oh, nice. And you don't need permit for drones. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. Nice. I mean, that, that, like I said, it's pretty interesting to know kind of that whole kind of background, backdrop on, you know, things of that nature and, and the filmmaking. So we'll kind of backtrack a little bit okay. here. Let's talk about your childhood. Now, you're from Jonestown, Mississippi. Yes, sir. Um, which is about an hour from Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. And it's a population yep. of about a thousand people. So yep. what was it like growing up in that area? It, Brandon, I'm from a very, very poor town. And people there have no hope. When, when you want somebody... When people don't have hope, that's where you have violence. You have a lot of killings. You have a lot of, a lot of violence going on. And I don't. Ha I didn't have a father. My father got killed in a car wreck when I was a kid. And um, I had three brothers and three sisters. And my mom wore the pants and the dress. Uh -huh. And it, it's been a struggle. One thing about me, Brent, I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed. To tell people where I'm from, right? You know, I'm not here to like sugarcoat nothing. I'm not here to make people feel sorry for me. Yeah. I'm here to inspire people and give people hope. To let don't let your current situation dictate your destination. And you've actually, and and you take that to heart too, because here a few years ago, um, I was talking to you about this earlier before we aired this podcast, was you had made a mini documentary about your life, basically, yes. about like a short four or six minute video of, you know, Jonestown, Mississippi. And one thing that, a couple things that actually stuck out to me was you talked about there was a murder, just, yep. I don't know if it was. It was my brother. It was your brother. And my brother got murdered on my birthday. Oh, wow. My brother got murdered on my birthday. My father, my father got killed in a car wreck. Get this though. The day, I remember like yesterday. Remember everything I'm saying, I'm not making this stuff up. Right. I'm, I'm, I, my okay. job to, for me, to you, and to the audience out there is to be 100% honest. Yeah. I can't BS nothing. No. My job is to be real. And so I remember the day that my father got murdered. It was approximately 11 o'clock in the morning. And 
two hours before that, like nine, I looked out of the window because I lived in a trailer house. We lived in the trailer park. Yeah. And I looked out the window and I seen my little brother in the, in the, in the passionate seat. And I'm 11 years old and he's like nine. And so I just, something led me out there to open up the passionate door. It's like 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And to, took him by the shirt, get out that car. I'm not making this up. Right. And my dad drove off. Two hours later, there was a banging on the door. It was my uncle AD. Yeah. Let him rest in peace. My uncle AD said that's been a serious car wreck on Highway 61. Cause Highway 61 would take take you straight to Memphis. Yeah. He said there's been a serious car wreck. It looked like your dad Junior car. We just called my dad Junior. Yeah. And uh, my mother and my and the family and the kids, we hopped in. I think we got in his car or when my mom drove up there. I think we got in his car and he drove us up there where the accident was. Yeah. And my father got killed right on the spot. He went, this is what they said happened. Back then, they had cars these days, they had fuel injectors. Yeah. But back then, they had carburetors. Mm-hmm. So you have, if you get any kind of dirt inside of your carburetor, the car cut off on you. Yeah. The engine was die. So my father went, he came to a four-way stop. He looked both ways, and he proceeded to go across the street, to go across the road. And the car died on him right in the middle of the intersection. And a semi-truck was coming north, and one was coming south. It hit him head on. That's like kicked him on the spot. That's a true story. But my brother still today, I still talk to him today. Yeah. He still say, thank you for taking me out of that car when I was nine years old. Yeah, because you never know what have happened. I didn't, yeah. it, he would have been there too. Because yeah. I know for a fact we didn't have we didn't wear seatbelts. Right. Now were you the oldest? No. No, you weren't. So. I have another brother. I have my brother LC. LC. He died also. He died. He he was alcohol. He he's alcohol. He had sclerosis at the liver. He passed away. Then I had another brother, um, Jackie. Jackie got that's the one that got killed on my birthday. Yeah. Then I got myself. Then I got Mike, my baby brother. Right. So it's just only two of us. And I have three sisters. Right. My sister Helen. And I got another sister named Thelma. Yeah. And then my sister, baby girl, is Mary. Okay. Vanya, AKA uh, is Vanya. Big family there. So, I mean, technically you did grow up with a mom, but she was always she, had, out, she was always out supporting the family. Yeah, so she, who was yeah. supporting you guys? At the time, we had teachers on. Yeah. Teachers, so you just had to like. I looked. My sister Helen was the one that, when my mom was was out, you know, trying to work and do what she can to bring ends in. Yeah. And my sister Helen, she she kind of like was the one because I remember when I I got caught on fire when I was like, you know, down south. You in the springtime you can wreck your leaves and stuff. Right. And the, and how you do it down south, you just set the leaves on fire. Yep. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. And so, and somehow some plastic got caught in the leaves, and I went in there and reached it, trying to bring it out. And somehow, and I, 
somehow freak accident. I got caught on fire. Yeah, you were about seven years old when that I, happened. I was too. seven years old. Yeah. That, I was seven years old, and I got a bruise on my body right now. That um, and my sister was the one that kind of took care of me. Okay, to bandage me up and put some peroxide. Did what she could, you yeah. know. Yeah. To alleviate the pain. Absolutely. I mean, so. I mean, tell me what you tell me what you're telling me now. I mean, you grew up poor, technically without a mother and a father. Mother was around, but she was make, trying to make ends yes, meet for yes, for yes. you guys. She did what she could. She did what she could. Yes, absolutely. Knowing you, knowing a little bit about where you're from, where you've been, and where you're going to, the journey has definitely been worth it all. It's been it's, it's been a process, Brandon. Honestly, um, man, I'm talking about. When I had to, when I plus, you, you gotta understand some. They still have racists down there too. Yep, down in Mississippi. Cause yeah, they still have segregation. They, they, they were just getting out of um, going through that segregation stage. It still was there now, yeah. but it wasn't like it was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and the 70s and 80s. You know what I'm saying? Right. Actually, I was that. It was it was changing. It was growing. Okay. When was the last time you were down there? That actually, I was. I need to go when my brother died. Yeah, my brother died. How long ago was that? My brother LC died. He uh, actually the day when he died, my brother Mike found him on the floor. He drunk himself to death, and uh, Mike found him on the kitchen floor. And um, I think it was probably about three or four years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, throughout your childhood, you've had a lot of ups and downs, again, you know, earlier with the years. A lot of downs. A lot of downs, a lot of downs. But age seven, you were involved in that life-threatening accident, uh, severed severe burns from a fire on your left tricep, yep, about yep, age seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. You also left lost your left eye due to a yes. gunshot wound. Yes. Um, and yet, that's never deterred you from making a positive impact, not only for yourself, but for those around you. Yeah. I remember when, you know, when I lost my, because my goal was, to go to high school. I went to high school, Coloma Agricultural High School in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And um, my goal was to be the best football player, get out, go to uh, my dream school would go to LSU. Yeah. Then go to the Washington Redskins. Cause I wanna make a better, I wanna, I wanna get my family out of the ghetto. Right. To put my, to, to basically take care of my, my mom, my brothers and my sisters. And my goal was to become the best football player, then take that skill set, and then go to Washington Redskins. That was my favorite team. Yeah. And then um, get back to take care of my family. But that's when I, I remember when I was in high school, and the first year I played football, I quit, Brandon. I quit I, because I couldn't stand the pain. Yeah. The, the meaning, like the physical pain. Meaning the workout is so hot in the boiling hot sun, the humidity, the mosquitoes. It was it was rough, man, running yeah. them gas. My body wasn't used to that. So I quit. So then I went to a um, football game, and I seen them guys getting all the girls and stuff. You know, I'm yeah. like, man, they're getting a lot of juice. I'm like, wow. And I used to sit in the stands, and I used to sit in the stands, and... Uh, and seeing them guys, my friends on the field, them, right. that, and especially late at night, them lights shine on them room and white, that color. I'm like, wow, I quit. I said, I'm not going to quit next year. I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to fight through it. I mean, pain is weakness leaving the body. That's, That's what, what they I, say. I, I'm so. going to fight through it. And I did. 
and I ended up getting rookie of the year. Nice. I was on my way. I ended up getting rookie of the year. Then I had a big trophy too. And then that next year, played again. And and then uh, that's when we had we had a pretty good year. And that next year, that's when my whole life changed. When I got I was in I got called in the crossfire, and I got shot in the eye. Somebody you knew, or it was I got I, somebody I knew. Remember what I said in the beginning: poor people argue the most. With there's no hope, there's a lot of killing. It's all about survival, fight or flight, surviving. Cause you're gonna you're gonna rob when you have when you take hope from a poor family, and you got a mother and a father, and the kids need to eat. And they gonna. That's a lot of drama going on. It is in the hood, and so I just got caught in the crossfire. And I was walking, I was walking, my and my friend Tony Bush said these words. He said, "I'm sorry, let me back up." Tony said, "He said Clay, I'll be there to pick you up." My mom told me, "Don't go outside." He was doing New Year's. Cause right. how we celebrate New Year's down south, they do the countdown, and they thought everybody pull the pistols out. They started shooting, wow. shooting up in the air. What goes up must come down. down. And so, um, make a long story short, I don't want to be dragging along, but this the guys started fighting. Guys was intoxicated. It was New Year's, drunk, and I'm a, I'm a peacemaker. I don't like drama and stuff. Right. I know I'm not the violent type. My mom. Came from a great family, Christian family. You know, we all we grew up by treating people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. You know, regardless of what's going on, what kind of drama going on outside of you, don't let the drama get inside of you. It can be outside, but don't let it get inside. Right. You know, just keep treat people the way you want to be treated. Exactly. That's how I was raised. Yeah, and that's that's. But I, but I had the tendency, Brandon, to hang out with the wrong people. That's my problem. That my problem is I'm a nice guy. I'm a great kid. I respect people, but I had the, the people that I surround myself with was bad people. Mm-hmm. wasn't ba- They weren't the bad people that made poor choices. Poor choices. And yeah. so the guy they were drinking in the sun. The guy just fight broke out. The guy shot the guy, and and he and I went running, trying to get away, and um, buckshot hit me in the eye. Two of them. And I lost my sight. Nice. And then that's when your life changed. That's when my life changed. And so, no more football. So originally, you didn't your direction. You originally didn't want to make movies. You actually wanted to, you know, be in professional football. Yep, yep. So, at what age did you decide? Hey, I just want to make movies. First of all, my thought was I got to get out the south. I got to get to the University of Nebraska. I got to get out of here. I got to get out the south. I got to go with more opportunity. I tried Florida. And I was hanging out with my brother Jackie before he got murdered. Scared to death hanging out with him. I said, I can't be around his life. Because he's a drug dealer. Yeah. I'm just being real. Right now, of course. Remember I said, when people don't have a hope, they got to do what they got to do to get money. Mm-hmm. And he turned to drugs. He's a drug dealer. And I'm hanging out with him. I said, man, I can't deal with them. I'm too scared. No, I can't get out of here. So my cousin, this girl I was dating, yeah. a girl again, and... and uh, in Mississippi, she moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, where her family was. She asked me to come with her. 
and I went. That was my opportunity. Yeah. Then I say I got to. Before I leave, I had to graduate from high school. I did graduate from high school. I had yeah. a patch over my eye. Yeah. I had surgery 14 times on my eye. I was in and out of hospital. Yeah. And so I went to University of Nebraska, and I said, you know what? I want to do something with my life. And I knew I wasn't shy. I remember this. This this is when I caught that bug. They called it catching the bug. Yeah, catching the bug. This is when I caught this bug. And um, I was in the performing art department. Now they have uh, Johnny Carson Center. Yeah. No, Johnny Carson yeah. went to University of Nebraska. He did. But they had the Johnny Carson Center. But before that, they, I think they had the Lee Center. And right at 12th, 13th and Q at the University of Nebraska. I was sitting in the audience. And the teacher needed a volunteer to run on stage. It was 300 students in one class in, in the performing art department. He needed a volunteer. Some, uh, some in the universe told me to raise my hand. And my hand went up so quickly and I, it felt like something broke from me. I don't know what it was, like something like I felt free. Yeah. And I ran on stage. And I and I did like an improv or or or, or something. Yeah. And people started cracking up. Students started cracking up. Cause everybody else, I looked around, everybody else had that fear. Yeah. They when the teacher needed a volunteer I'm looking around for like two or three seconds. Nobody's hands went up. So I raised my hand. So you didn't have that social anxiety like no. a lot of people have yes. when they want to go on stage. I said, you know what? Something that I threw my hand up. And when I did that, I felt the fear leave my body. Nice. And the rest, that's when I caught that bug and I saw that reaction. Nice. And that's when you, at that moment, you're like, oh, you know, I want to take this to the next level. Yes. Perfect. So, I mean... Basically, with you know, then I had to. I don't mean to cut you yeah, off. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I had to like make a decision either New York or LA. Nebraska's in the middle, in the Midwest, yeah, right in the middle. So I had to here go, go right or go left, Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, I started dating a girl again. It seemed like every, it seemed like everywhere I go, <laughs> it's, it's always like a a girl get me on the pass. <laughs> it's funny, right. but it's the truth. It's, <laughs> it's true though. Uh, unfortunately, it may be uh, whatever the case for somebody else, but for me, it was always a a, a girl huh. to get me on my pass because leaving Mississippi, it was a girl to get me to Nebraska. Right. Leaving Nebraska, it was a girl to get me to Arizona. Wow. Then I went back to school, Scottsdale Performing Arts School in Scottsdale. Okay. And then I landed in my bed. I said, okay, I'm ready to go to another level. Because I had this mentality as a football player. Whenever I touch a football, I'm going to score a touchdown. Right. I'm not stopping on the 40. I'm not stopping on the 50. I'm not stopping on the 60. I'm not stopping on, a, on, the, on the 10 yard line. I'm going to the end zone. Yep. I said, uh, this is the mentality that I have. I can't stop. I can't stop and I won't stop. And so I was laying in my bed. I said, this is what I said. I'm going to go a little deep. I said, God, if you up there anywhere, bring somebody across my paths. That's what I said. Because I'm ready to go to L.A. Yeah. I was sitting in the gym. Get ready to lace my shoes up to play pickup ball. My boy Jared Keckett nudged me on my shoulder. 
He said, Clay, you always talking about going to L.A. There, your man right there. Remember, I just made that prayer two days ago. Yeah. I'm like, who? By then, they didn't have good. He said, man, that's your guy from the water boy. The, the movie without him saying the water yes. boy. Yes. Wow. He said, that's the guy. That's Casey Bougay from the water boy. That guy right there, he had a blue headband on. He said, you don't believe me? We can go home right now. Because back then, they have like um, like desktop. They have yeah. like big, you know, you can't put them on your phone. No, you can't. Not, not back then. No. And then I'm like, wow. He said, man, Clay, don't get scared on me now. This is your chance. Go talk to them. That's him right there. The Waterboy, Three King, Jerry Maguire, um, some other stuff. He said, that's a guy right there. I went over there and started talking to him. I shared this dream with him. I said, man, I'm ready to go to L.A. I understand. I'm not here to waste your time. I said, uh, I'm chasing this dream. I want to be a filmmaker. I want to produce movies and be an actor in, in, in Hollywood movies. That's what I said to him. Yeah. He, said, I'm not, he said this to me. I got a lot of stuff going on, brother. I'm not here to waste my time. Remember, he played for ECU. He's a football player, too. Yeah. He played for the Redskins yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. He said, if you're going to run with me, you got to have a winning touchdown. You got to, when you pick the ball up, you have to get ready to score a touchdown. You may fall, but you got to get up and run with me because I'm not here to waste my time. Right. He said that. He was serious. And me, make a long story short, me and this guy packed up. He went through a person. He had some personal stuff going on. Yeah. And I had just broke up with my girlfriend at the time. And he had just broke up with his girlfriend. He said, Brother Clay, I ain't got nobody holding me here. I had no responsibility. Brandon, we packed up, drove to you, drove to LA. No, it wasn't a girl this time, it was him. So it was this yeah. time this girl. I just I said, come on, I just want to go and put my foot, put my foot, just one. Yeah. In the Pacific Ocean. I yes. just want to feel it. I want to feel that electric in the air. I want to drive by Warner Brothers. I want to drive by Sony. I want to drive by Paramount Picture. I want to just physically see it. Yeah. I, I just want to touch it. If I can just touch it, I can, if I can see it, I know eventually I will be here. We did that for one weekend and drove back to Arizona. A couple weeks later, he packed his house up in Arizona and we got a U-Haul. We didn't have a place to stay out there. We moved out there. Wow. Not even have a place to stay. So what was your first experiences like just being there? I mean, you know, with not a place to live and just how, how did you get started out in L.A.? How I got started, how this is when I did it. I said, my advice to people, if you want to move to L.A., you better be ready. Because if you're a hot girl, a beautiful girl, or a good looking guy here, there are thousands of them out there. Yep. You have to separate yourself. You have to separate yourself. And and you can't have fear. Like, you got to be a risk taker. You can't be afraid to talk to people. Right. This is what did it. I took Al to the to, to um Sony picture. I drove my Mustang on the lot. This is the truth. I pulled up to the gate. Al said something to the guy. Sony picture. He said, my name is Al Wyden from the water boy. They knew who he was. Yeah. I'm here to see Sandler. Adam Sandler. Drove my car on the lot. And I was in, I was like captivated. I was like, wow. I'm here. 
I'm here. So I started talking to this guy. You got to be friendly with people. Yeah. You can't. That's one thing that people do that you can't do in L.A. They do it here, but you can't do it there. They do it here, but you can't do it there. I'm going to say it three times. Right. They do it here, but you can't do it there. One thing is you can't judge people. No. You can't look on the outside and say, oh, he ain't got nothing going on. If you do that, you'll get left behind in L.A. Because out here, they wear a suit and tie. They ain't doing nothing. No. Out there, they wear a dirty t-shirt and, 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 and holy jeans and, and dirty shoes. Them the guys that write the check. Yep. The guys here wearing the suit work for the guys out there. In the t-shirt. In the t-shirt. Yeah. You can't do that. If you do that, you will miss it. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that my mom always taught me. Son, as long as you live, never judge the outside first. Be nice and kind to everybody. Because yeah. you never know who he or she is talking. Who, you never know who you're talking to. Exactly. Never judge a book by cover. And, yeah, exactly. And, and so. when I was said that, this guy, this guy, Al, ran up and took Adam Sandler's script. And I'm sitting in my car. I'm just looking around. This guy on Sony Pictures Lot had a dirty t-shirt on, walking the dog, had dusty t-shirt. He looked like a homeless guy. Mm -hmm. But first of all, I was so green because you're not going to just be on that lot if you're not connected to somebody. Right. That's the first. That's the rule of thumb. You're connected to somebody on that lot because yep. you're not going to just be there. Nope. I didn't know that. But I was so thankful that I don't judge people. Al came down. I'm just, I'm just start talking to the guy. Man, how's the Lakers gonna do this day? Just small talk. Yeah. You know, man, it's so beautiful out here. The weather's so nice. I'm like, wow, man, it's so beautiful. He said, man, where you from? Man, I'm just a country boy from Mississippi. I said. I'm just talking to him about the Lakers, talking to him about Kobe and Shaq and let Kobe rest in peace. I'm just talking to him about the Clippers and yeah. the Dodgers and that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a basic conversation. Yeah. By that time, Al came down. Al said, Clay, I see you met Adam Sandler, right-hand man, Jonathan Lachlan. He said, Jonathan Lachlan, meet my right-hand man, Clay Walker. He said, Clay, let's go up there to meet the rest of the crew. That right there, that moment, took my mind on another path. Wow. Man. And so that, that's kind of where, where it all kind of started that's there. That's where it started. Yeah. Mentally. Mentally. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not about the fortune and the fame, about the money. It's not about the materialistic stuff. That'll come. Right. But you got to get your mind right first. Mentally prepared. Mentally prepared. That's why I respect people like Brad Pitt. I love that dude. I never met him before. I love that guy. His story. Yeah. I love people like Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I love people like Sylvester Stallone. I love people like, uh, like um, uh, Chris, uh, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I love people that, and what's her name, um, Pink. Yep. I love people that just come from humble, a humble beginning. They work their tails off. 
They, had to, they from the gutter. They got rejected thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Yeah. I love people that grind at it. They stay focused on their dream. And they don't want anybody to hear that because no. everybody has a story. That's why you can't They have judge. no handouts. Yeah. I love people like, I'm, I'm, some people, when you been handed out things, you come from a, a wealthy family. Yeah. And they just give you stuff. You don't be you. You don't appreciate. You don't appreciate it. You don't learn from it. You don't learn from it. And you, know? you and you are so kind of concentrated on that aspect. Like once that's gone, you don't even know what to do. Basically. Yes. So that's why I always mention. I used to drive past La Brea and Sunset Boulevard. There's a Oplio Locos right there. Yeah. That's when my man Brad got his start. Brad Pitt. That's why he's the first one. That's why I love that dude. Yeah. He's he's the one that really, 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 really lit that fire inside of me. Yeah. So you would consider him kind of like your inspiration, your yes. role model yes. type thing. Yes. Nice. And then just kind of starting out, you didn't start out directing. You actually you took small roles or you auditioned. I started off with doing extra work. Extra work? Yes. It's called like it's what they call the on-the-job training. Yeah. I just went up. I went to Burbank. I went to Central Casting. I just, I didn't want no job, Brandon. I didn't want no nine-to-five. No. Nope. I didn't. I said, if I came, if I want to work a nine-to-five, I should have stayed in Arizona. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I went to sign up for Central Casting. I had a part-time job. So I said, I want to do Central Casting. So I just started doing extra work. Okay. Just, you know, going, going around. They had good, no, they, what, what Central Casting does is uh, they send you out. You just extras in movies and stuff. Okay. They send you out for movies, on real movie stuff. Yeah. And I was there for the food because I like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got good food. And, um, and so, and ask questions. Because I used to, most people just sit and all the cattle calls together, all the extra people sitting in one tent by themselves. I used to take my lawn chair and a book, and I used to sit away from people. I used to isolate myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't surround myself with a, with a. I don't surround myself with the crowd. I just don't. Yeah. You know, I I used to always sit in the corner by myself, away from people. Had my headphones on, cause I didn't want to be associated with people. Cause I'm diff- I'm not an expert. No. I'm not here like that. I'm not here, like if they happy just being an extra. I'm not. Re- I respect that, but yeah. I'm not here for that. Now, just what you mentioned earlier too is, you know, when you're out in L.A., yeah, you're you may have a beautiful image of yourself, but you need to isolate yourself and get yourself separated. What makes you stand out? What makes you stand out? Yeah. And I just said, you know what? And I used to always walk around, talk to PAs. Even though someone was jerks. I used to always be nice to them. Smiling. Have a good day. Yeah. As a director. I'm talking about you some big directors now. Yeah. I used to, I'm always not, I'm, I was the guy that always asked questions. How does this work? Cameraman. I used to always ask them just sitting back. Asking questions, sitting back, watching. 
Watch it. Now you like most PA used to go get them extra people, and I used to be on the set. Yeah. Seeing this stuff happen at Sony, Warner Brother, and Paramount Pictures, I used to be watching. Man, how they do that? Ask question. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah, done her. I mean, just ask. But you can't be afraid. You gotta afraid be respectful. To yeah. You know when when they said, rolling, B camera, marker, action. That's when you got to kind of like lay back. But when they said cut, lunchtime or any kind of like breaks, just ask people questions. Yeah, any type man. of downtime, yeah. Just ask, man. Just ask. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all. So, but you got to be professional. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you don't want to come off too needy yes, on yeah. that one. Yeah. So were you an extra? Because you, you had some small roles too. So were you, uh, you were on the set of Scrubs. You yeah, were on the set of Scrubs. You were on the set of Everybody Hates Chris with yep. Chris Rock. So were you considered an extra or did you have like... Oh, a feature. You were a feature. Okay, so what's the difference between an extra and a feature? Uh, extra is just guys walk. Extra is the people that are walking in. But it does say you shouldn't have seen in in a, um, in a, in a restaurant. Yeah. And you need to feel the restaurant. And the, the location is in the restaurant, but the scene takes place at the bar. Yeah. They need extra people to feel the restaurant seats. Right. Panamizing, acting like they talking, mouth moving, but you can't say nothing. You're right. That's that's all. But feature is like when you um, when you um, basically when you have one or two lines, or you can you can actually be a feature with no lines. Really? Yes. Huh. If you, I'm gonna give you an example. Yeah. I'm gonna give you an example. Criminal Mind. Yeah. Right? There was a scene called Zodiac Killer. The, the episode called Zodiac Killer. I remember that one, yeah. I was everywhere. My face was everywhere. Everywhere. In the in the blonde JJ. Yeah. She said, Clay, me and you never seen together. Huh. You see what I'm saying? And right. and the action took place right here. That the camera is right here, but if you standing right next to the main actor, you're featured. Wow. Okay. Nice. You're right there. I'm in. Right. The, I'm talking about. You can see that stuff. Right. Wow. And you can actually, cause you get. It's all about the mental stage. Yeah. And then from when you're on these sets, is that how you started making your connections and start like yep. actually growing? Yep. The, the Al White and my first guy. And then and then I'm a likable guy. And 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 how I started making making connections is it goes back to my foundation in Mississippi. Where my mom used to always tell us, never judge a book by its cover. Right. You'd be nice and kind to everybody. I don't care from the janitor to the CEO, from the guy making minimum wedges or to the person making 100,000, four, 500,000 a year. To the CEO, you treat, you don't worry about their titles. You don't worry about their choices. You will never ever lose in life if you treat people the way you want to be treated. And speaking of that too, because um, you know I was doing some research before this interview, your production company, Keep It Moving Productions, that actually 
is one of the focus points too is you know treating everybody how yes. you want to be treated you live off of uh your production company lives off of three basic needs the, 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 the uh, when i came over with keep moving production here in colorado it's my mind is my state of mind brandon whatever challenges i face whatever obstacles that come my way nothing will stop me from achieving my dreams and goals because yeah. regardless of what your situation is like i told the lady on the news anchor i think it was channel seven you can't let your current situation dictate your destination you gotta keep it moving exactly and then you your production company focuses on the three eyes the which three is eyes. the innovation inspiration and integrity that's it the innovation is you can't be afraid to be creative and think outside of the box. Inspiration is you can't begin. You can't be afraid to give hope and inspire other people to chase their dreams and goals. And the number one thing in the Sada Foundation, you have to maintain, and you cannot compromise your integrity. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, and you've come from you know earlier in the interview, you've come from from humble beginnings. I mean, and actually, when you're not. You know, working your part-time job currently when you're not, you know, producing films, you're actually out in the public, um, speaking you know, to kids, speaking to kids, and volunteering too. Yep. Um, I remember one video I saw. You were, I think, helping out the homeless. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Every I every Sunday morning, I team up with Panera Bread, and uh, I just take their food and take it to the shelter. Actually, right now in my car, right now as we speak, I have food in my car right now. That I'm going to the shelter oh, wow. when I leave here. It's amazing. That's one thing when somebody say something, but you you can't say if you don't if you if you say it, you better mean it. Right. You better have some action behind the word that you say. Yeah. Cause people might not say nothing, but they're watching your action. Exactly. If you say something, you better follow through. You better follow it. through it. Right, or else it's just going to be meaningless. It's just meaningless. Yep, and they can't rely on you for anything. They can't trust you. Can't trust you now. Because that foundation is the key to your success. Right. Having a solid foundation is the key to your success. Yeah. So if you, if an investor want to invest in you, if you don't have a solid foundation, if they don't trust you, you're not a person of integrity. They're not going to invest in you. No, you're not. They're not going to. Not at all. I think one thing, you know, as we were talking throughout, you know, as long as I've met you, um, you talking about your films and stuff. I think one story kind of stuck out to me, um, which was amazing, was you were on the set of Hancock. Yes. With Will Smith. And you actually talked yes. to Will Smith. What was that conversation? Because I know I you told me a long time ago, and I just can't remember for the life of me. This is, but, this is what he, I was, I'm not, remember I said, I'm a risk taker. Yeah. When you're on the set. You gotta stay in your lane, but you gotta understand they're human too. Right. You got it's your approach. Yeah. If you approach, you can talk to anybody on this set. I was talking to Michael J. Fox one time. It was at Riley Studio in Manhattan Beach. Me and Michael J. Fox, I knew who he was, but I didn't care who he was. Right. I care about him as a human. I didn't care about him as a as an actor because he's a human to me. Yeah. I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. Being nice and kind, it's free. Yeah, just talk is. to people nice, and them guys, them guys respect you more when you just treat them like normal people. Exactly, when you're not so caught up in what they do for a living, not at all. I didn't ask him nothing about the business. 
I talked to him about the weather. Yep. I talked to him about just, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers, just basic conversation. And him and I had a great conversation. That's the approach that I have. Even when I was on Hancock's, I was talking to Will Smith. Me and Will Smith know some, know some of the same people. Yeah. This guy I know, Dwayne Martin. I knew Dwayne Martin back in Nebraska. He's dating Tisha Cameron now. Okay. They married. Him and Will are like boys. They best friends. Yeah. But I knew Dwayne 20 years ago back in Lincoln. Yeah. We used to play basketball against each other. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then when I got to L.A., when I got to L.A., and then um, I was on the set of Hancock's, and me and Will just started talking because I knew they was best friends. Yeah. I said, man, when you see Dwayne, tell him Clay said hello. He looked at me. He said, you know Dwayne? I said, yeah, I know me and Dwayne go back 20 years ago, back in Lincoln, Nebraska. We used to play three-on-three pick-up basketball game together. Then I said it to him. I said, Will, I love what you're doing at Overbrooks Entertainment. That's the name of his company, Overbrooks. Yeah. I said, man, I respect you so much. Congratulations on your success. He probably don't remember because he had like, a lot of things going on. Right, He's a busy guy. But I remember. He said this right here to me, and it stuck with me, and I'll never forget it. He said, Clay, why do we exist as human beings if we can't make other people's lives better? Once you make other people's lives better, your life will be phenomenal. Right, and that's something you've been doing consistently throughout your life. When, when, when he said, I'm, I so, I'm so thankful that he said that to me. Because Aaron Spicer, his coach, yeah. was sitting there. I was sitting there. Will was sitting there. He said that to me. And that inspired me. Do you think that was like a reassurance? Because you've been doing that most of your life, taking when care of many of others. When he said that, that's when I said, okay, what can I do? To help other people. What can I. If you're connected to me. I want to make your life better. Yeah. But I didn't have that in my mind. Until he said that. So ever since. I've been here in Colorado. I said I have to make other people's lives better. Right. And you've been doing that. I said I want to go start feeding the homeless people. So I started feeding the homeless people. Ever since I've been doing that. Brandon had, I'm, I'm, I'm starting saying to know the projects right now. Yeah. The flood. Because you can never outgive the universe. God or whatever the case you want to believe, whoever you believe in, you know, or whoever people want to believe in. And I believe in God. Yeah. People can believe what they want to believe. I'm not knocking nobody's religion, nothing like that. But whatever float each other's boat, all I'm saying, that all I can do is the reason why I believe in God is because all the physical all the hell I've been through in my life. From getting shot in the eye, you know, getting caught on fire, had 2,800 pounds, fell through the ceiling. I, I was working in Nebraska. They had to teach me how to walk again. My brother dying, my father dying, all this spiritual challenge I went through, the physical wounded scar on my body that I went through. Yeah. You know, all this hell I've been through in my life. And I was. It does something in the universe have me here for a reason. Yeah. Something. That's why 
I believe in God because of what I've been through. Yeah, and you've been through a lot. A lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff. And it, it, ain't, it ain't like I'm just, I have scars on my body. I have wounded scars on my body that you can physically see yep. and on I've my seen body. Them. And I've seen them. There's, some, there's a reason why I'm still here. Yeah. And I'm here to give people hope okay. that if I can make it, you can, can make, make it. it. Absolutely. And you also have a family of your own, too. I have my wife, my kids, you know, my son. He's, a, he's, he's, I got a lot of talented kids, creative kids. Yeah. And I love all of them. Nice, nice. Now your, your daughter specifically, it, does she, is she interested in... Now like, she started asking me now. Is she asking you questions? Now she started asking me questions about getting in acting classes. Yeah. Because people, when you share something with Brandon, they think it's just a pipe dream. Because I remember when I wrote Diamond in the Rock on paper, yeah. on three sheets of paper, it went from my head, because I had this vision I was in Sundance. Yeah. I was in Sundance with me and Dermot Maroney together. Mm -hmm. We did the Rambler right. down in New Mexico. Me and Dermot was together in Sundance. I said, I want to do that. My mom said, if I say it, if I say it, I'm going to do something. It's going to happen. happen. And I wrote it on three sheets of paper. My wife can co-sign for me. She saw it. And it went from my head to paper to I called Louie up. My friend Louie up in Arizona. He took the script. He wrote the script for me. We Jordan and I, thank, thank God for my partner, Jordan Warner. I got to give him props too. Yeah. Jordan believed in the project. Jordan was an investor in the project. Right, and he's part of uh, he's Keep part It Moving Productions. I yeah. got to give Jordan his credit too. He's a good dude. I can't, you know, I can't take all the credit. No. I got to give shots out to my, my boy Jordan Warner. He's a good dude, good guy, you know. And so Jordan believed in the project. And uh, we, um, him and I, work making, we work well together. Right. And Diamond Rough took you, what, I think six years? Was it, or was it longer? Probably about six or seven six years. To actually come yeah. together. So yeah. what, what do you think maybe took so long for that six to seven year process? Was it just... Funding. 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 Fund, that's it? number one thing, funding. Reason. And um and so Brandon, what I wanna share with people throughout this whole process, I share with people this. What I'm about to say can either make you or break you. And I just shared this with somebody last night. Yeah. And when you wanna do this business or whatever your dreams are, you have to look at your number, the top three people that's on your list. Not your wife, not your kids, not your relatives. Your top three. Okay. Either they're adding or they're subtracting to your dreams. Oh. Either they're adding value to your dream. Y'all work together or they're subtracting. That right there is a killer. Yeah. That negative person that's telling you what you can't do, people are dream killers. People will tell you what you can't do because they had a dream and they gave up. And now they're trying, they trying to take that negative spirit that stopped them from pursuing their dream. They're trying to put that on you. You have to separate yourself. Yep. You gotta separate yourself, gotta isolate yourself from that from that all that You have to. You have to in order to pursue what you want to do. 
Now, your film, Diamond in the Rough, it's about a family that struggles with, you know, issues of PTSD, substance abuse, homelessness, and how that family overcomes it together. Now, would you consider That's, the whole script? If you look at that, yeah. if you look at the one sheet, it says story by Clay Walker. Right. That's what I was going to ask. Was it based on the story of your life? Yes. Yes. 100%. I just modified it. You know? And Stella, the guy going to the military, my father's in the military. Yeah. You know, but my father turned he became an alcoholic. The story, so I modified the story and took it to uh, the mom being an alcoholic, yeah. the father going out to the military. And this girl became homelessness. Only thing she leaned on was her fate. Yeah. That's what Diamond Rod is all about. Right. Like I said, I've seen the trailer and I, I have yet to see the movie, which I, I don't know why I'm putting it off for so long because, like I said, I'm busy with my girls and their yeah. health issues and work, and I've got like I think piles and piles and piles on my plate. What I'm right. trying to kind of do that, I but understand. yeah, but I mean, like but I said, Soul just, Custody, Diamond and Rose is a great film, but Soul Custody is the one that's going to put Colorado on the map. Nice, nice. that's the one that's going to create jobs and opportunity. For the the fortune people and the less fortune people, I don't like to call people homeless. The only no. reason I make film, Brandon, is to share hope, create jobs and opportunity for fortune people and homeless people. Now, I'm, I'm not going to use the term homeless right. and the less fortune people. Right. That's why I make movies to make a difference in people's lives. Nice. And you've been doing that too. Like I said, you've been doing that just just from day one too, up to what you're doing now, volunteering. Uh, making movies, making sure, you know, those needs are met, making sure you're, you know, being that role model that everybody needs in life. And so, what's, what's next for you? The next thing, Brandon, I got to keep my why. I got to keep my why. I, I can never lose sight of my why. Because yeah. if, if you lose sight of your why, you'll, you will lose sight of your way. Yeah. My why have to stay strong. Like I had to keep asking myself, why am I doing this? It's not all about Clay Walker. It's all about the community. Yeah. The next thing for me is getting ready to do another movie. You know, I got Colorado Global Film Festival coming up. I'm yep. created a film festival and um, got three or four projects going on right now. And I'm going to keep plugging at it. Yeah. I'm going to keep plugging and I'm going to keep chipping. I'm going to keep chipping because my why. It's not all about me. No. It's all about the community, making other people's lives better. Right, and like I said, you, you've been doing that too. So we've got some emails. Um, I've been emailing through, you know, my Facebook page, being my guest with Brandon Horton. Um, people have been submitting submitting me their emails um, regarding their dream asper inspirations and career paths. And so this first email I got actually from Carly from Mesa, Arizona says, my dream job is to work on a movie set, either directing, being a camerawoman, editing films, or working in the art department. So she says she loves the idea of helping create content and working with others that have the same vision. I'm in college and pursuing a college degree that doesn't reflect my true passion. Is pursuing a film degree worth the money? Do you think so? Yes. It is. It's not about the money. It's all about the time. Right. If you harness your craft and perfect your craft, the money will come. Now, as far as is it, I think what she's referring to is is it worth the uh, 
the debt, the college, the college debt. Is it that film degree? Is it worth pursuing? You know, that having that college debt. Yes, it is. Still? Yes, okay. it's worth it. Okay. I strongly believe it's worth it because if you make one film, you can always pay that debt off. Right. But it goes back to the key, the foundation. The foundation is not to get caught up on the money. Right. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about it. Perfect your craft. Just perfect the craft. Right. And the money will come. Now, when you went to college in Nebraska, now, was uh, film, was that something that you were pursuing as far as a degree, or was it just complete something opposite? I didn't, I didn't, I did not complete the University of Nebraska. I didn't right. graduate. Right. I didn't. I just went for probably about one semester. Okay. I caught that bug then. Yeah. When I caught that bug, I ain't need to no more. When I caught that bug, Brandon, it's like my whole life changed. Yeah. Cause that's certain thing that you can't learn in school. Being a good person, you can't learn that in school. No, you can't. You know, treat people with respect. You can't learn that in school. And this business, you can go get all the degrees you want to. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. What the use of having a degree and you're not using it? Don't regret getting a degree. Regret not using it. Right. This business is not for everybody, Brandon. Yeah. It's not. Because you got to put the damn blood, sweat, and tears in. Right. It's the truth. Yeah. You know, you, it, it's got to be something. It's called that thumper. It's got to be in your heart. Yeah. If it's not in your heart. Then why do it? Why do it, man? You're not willing to pay the damn price and take that ball and score a touchdown and fight and claw and grind. Yeah. If you're not willing to put the work in, don't do it. Right. Amazing, amazing. And uh, the next email, Joshua from Shreveport, Louisiana, he actually um, was talking about pursuing acting not as a necessarily a, a career path per se, but more as a hobby. So he says... I'm interested in acting as a hobby, but not so much a career path. I suffer from social anxiety, and I'm hoping that picking up a hobby such as acting could help. So how do I, his question is, how do I start? How do I, where do I go from here? Start right in your, in your living room. Start in your living room. Everybody got hand, everybody got cell phones. Yeah. Everybody got cell phone. You know, you can have like your, 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 your cousins or your daughter hold your cell phone up while you're sitting on the couch. With your brothers or your sister, you gotta say. Just say if it's just give an example. If his um, he loved comedy, or he loved drama, or he loved action. Just just to break that anxiety down, just start in your living room. To have your mom or your brothers and sisters, just have your cell phone and go get a chair, two chairs, and you got one in the driver's one is. Sit your brother and sisters. You sit in a chair, and the other person in the chair. Just say we doing um, a drama scene. Yeah. And you just have the cameras right there in the living room, and you want to fight about uh, they boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Josh, your girlfriend cheated on you. How do you feel about that? He cheated on you with your best friend. How do you feel about that? You cheated on me. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I have proof. That's how you start. 
That's how you start. It just sitting there. It's that's how you start. Because right. eventually, it's gonna go from your living room to out in public. Exactly. And so when I was actually, and funny story on this one, because when I was in high school, I wanted to pursue acting. And so 2001, 2002, I believe, when I was a freshman sophomore in high school, I, uh, you know, I was in performing arts uh, locally for my school, and so. For me, I wanted to take that to the next level. Like with your directing, you want to take that to the next level. And so I'm also from the Midwest. I'm from uh, Kansas. Right. And so a really small country guy that's, you know, really didn't, didn't have anybody there. So um, so I, I, did, I did my thing, you know, in high school, did some acting. And so right. I wanted to pursue that to the next level. And so I heard time or two on the radio um, in Kansas City, which is about an hour hour and so from where I was from, um, you know, on the radio they said, hey, you know, come in for an audition to this, to this company and, you know, see, see what, see what happens and, and all this. And so I, I made the phone call to this talent agency called John Robert Powers. John Robert Powers has been around since I think 1920. And so I made the phone call to set up initial appointment to actually get in the door and actually audition. And so, and I remember it too, is I was in this big, I was in this room full of, you know, moms, dads, brothers, and sisters, and other, you know, people my age let, you know, had their inspirations of either modeling or acting. And so I, you know, improvised in front of this large crowd of, I think about 500 people and plus. Um, and then from there, they set us into this little room individually in front of a camera and they said, hey, here's a script right here for a commercial. Um, you know, you have 10 minutes to memorize it after that, you know, see, let's see what you got. And so I did that and I think it was a, like a, a made up commercial for like Sprite or something of that nature, like a beverage drink. And so I received a call a couple days later saying, Hey, we just reviewed your video and we would love to have sit down with you and see how you can be a part of our agency and how you can have an agent. And so I went with my parents to this meeting. And so basically John Robert Powers wasn't just a agency, but it was also schooling to kind of craft your, your acting and modeling. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, through my parents, you know, God bless my parents for helping me out with this. We sat through this, sat through this meeting and they came up with the fees and stuff of, you know, getting you an agent, getting you, you know, into this agency to take classes. And so my parents gave me that decision. They go, Hey, Brandon, either, we can invest in your college education or we can invest in your dream right here. And so for me, it was a no brainer because acting is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to lend my voice out and, and just be creative, right. have a creative outlet. Um, cause back in high school, I didn't have any friends. It was, I was very isolated, you know, not like I didn't want to make friends. I tried to, you know, be myself, but it was just, that, that niche, like, you know, people have their cliques and stuff, and I was never a part of any clique. I was actually that guy who, you know, on Monday found out that there was a party with, with a whole group of people on Saturday. And so I was always just kind of left out, you know, in high school. And I always did things by myself. So I thought, you know, having a creative outlet, doing something that I, I can do, something that's mine, that nobody else has you know, right. that I can actually be proud of. And so I, my parents invested a lot of money. They invested, I think, ten, eleven thousand dollars $11,000 just into me going to acting classes. And I did that twice a week. I did that on 
a Saturday morning and I did that on a Wednesday night you know, during, during after school hours. I would just take my car and I would just go and do my do my uh, classes there. And then each Saturday they had um, they flew in people from like Nickelodeon, TBS, TNT, USA, uh, casting directors, and so you have the opportunity to audition in front of them for one time only type thing. Now while that never kind of done anything as far as me getting my you know foot in the door as far as acting and performing it actually did get me in a roundabout way um to la for a week they have a convention that's still going on right now called the uh internationally modeling talent association which is inta they have two conventions a year one in new york city and one in la and so i auditioned with like the head people of that foundation right. and so when I auditioned with them, I was one out of the hundreds of people in that agency. I was accepted to actually go to either, I have my choice, I can either go to LA for a week or New York for a week. And I was a senior in high school at this time too. And so um, with that, you know, I did my, did, did my thing, did my audition. And I think it was like 12 of us that got accepted out of the hundreds of people to go to LA. And so LA at the IMTA convention there, you sit with casting directors, producers, um, Ashley Green from uh, the Twilight series. She was actually at the convention that I was at to, that I was at before she even got noticed and recognized. So, you know, a lot of times we were actually in the same room together. Um, and so through that, you know, it was quite an experience because you had, you know, thousands of people from around the world you know, mm -hmm. pursuing that one dream. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, nothing really came of that. But, you know, for me now, kind of reflecting back to what I did, you know, and doing this podcast, you know, I still want that creative outlet. Maybe not necessarily acting in a roundabout way, but I want to lend my voice, you know, just the way you lend yourself out to people as well. Like, I'm a person who likes to take care of people. Um, when I went to you know, college, I pursued my degree, my degree in organizational leadership and a double certification in communications and leadership studies. I love taking care of people, not in like a medically type way, but I want to make sure that I'm building a relationship with you and making sure your needs are taken care of, making sure, you know, we're in this together type thing. And so I think you lend out my, lend out my voice to this podcast too, is just like, you know, and sharing my story, sharing my guests' story, sharing the listener stories. It's just really all about just kind of inspiring people. Yes. So good. Good. Yeah. So um, this last email I got actually is from Mike from Las Vegas, Nevada. He says, I'll be 24 in August and haven't decided on what to do as a career. I've thought about pursuing a physiotherapy degree, but I'm not good with math and numbers. I currently care for a family member as a way of earning an income, but it's not stable. Um, what should I do? Well, you have to search within yourself. There's nobody know you better than you know yourself you got to do what's make you happy the number one thing is be honest with yourself finding out what you're good at and you got to also remember finding out why you want to do what you want to do right you know what i'm saying you have to really really do some soul searching you got to ask yourself why and what are you good at Exactly. It's just like don't dive into something that you don't like or don't exactly. enjoy because it's going to, you know, not and, only eat and, you alive. But and my not my advice I tell a lot of people: you got to feed your family, you got to do what you got to do. 
Do not work a full-time job. I mean that. Don't do it. Working a full-time job is a dream killer. Yeah. I'm just being real. Right. My job, my advice to people is work a part-time job. Because there's eight hours. Most people work eight hours a day. Yeah. They're miserable. They're too tired to get home to chase to do what they would love to do. Right. Why not work four hours a day? Why not give the company four hours a day and you keep four hours for yourself? That's make a lot of sense to me. Why should I continue to grease somebody else's wheels when my wheels is getting rusty? Yeah. Why not work four hours a day on to to uh to put gas in your car, to take care of your responsibility, right. to to um to take care of your family part-time and the other four hours, you work towards your dreams and goals. That's make a lot more sense to me. Exactly. I mean working a forty hour job, I mean, it's great for a lot of people. My you coach know, used to tell me this. If you work a job, you just earn the living. He said, but if you work on yourself, become a better person, you work on your dream, and your dreams come to reality, you earn a fortune. Yeah. You work a job, you earn a living. But you become a better person, you work on your dreams and goals, and that dream will come true, you earn a fortune. Right. And the reality of that, too, is you know people that work a 40-hour job, while that's great in, in a lot of aspects, too, you're actually statistically, you're actually at work more than you're at home and doing what you want to do. Yes. I think. Because you got Oprah said these words a long time ago. Another thing that stuck out to me. Oprah said these words. What separate me from other people, we all human beings. White, blue, color, I don't care what your religion is, I don't care what your nationality, I don't care what your politics, none of that stuff. We all have twenty four hours in the door. 24 hours in a day. Yeah. The only thing that separates me from everybody is how I use my 24. People say, I wish I had more time. No, my friend, it's been 24 hours since day one. Yeah. It's going to be 24 hours before you got here. It's been 24 hours while you're here. It's going to be 24 hours when you're gone. That ain't going to change. Nope, it's not. Ever going to change. The only, the only thing that separates people is how you use your 24. Most people say, I wish I had more time. That ain't going to change, brother. No. Yeah, that ain't going to change. Don't wish things were worse. Think, wish that you were better. Exactly. What can I do to be a better person? Exactly. Don't worry about how much time you have. Worry about how you're going to prioritize your time. Yes. At the end, that's why I said it goes back to do not work a full-time job. Don't do it. A working a full-time job is a dream killer. Yeah. That's a trap, man. That's a trap. Why not work, like I said before? Why not you work eight hours a day, right? Yeah. Why not just go get a job and work part-time and find out something that you're passionate about? I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's, it don't have to be acting. Yeah. It can be whatever you want to be, whatever your dream is, whatever it is. Right. It can be starting a nonprofit. It can be whatever the case may be. All right, it could be something simple as simple picking up a paintbrush and painting. Yes, like yeah. It can be painting. It can be whatever. It can be right. Whatever that. Whatever you have in your mind that you want to do. Yeah. Why not work? Eight, why not work four hours on a part-time job, then work four hours on your dream? 
because eventually your dream going to come to fruition and going to blow up. It's going to be huge. Then you can quit that part-time job. Then you can focus all that eight hours on your dream. Right. That made more sense to it me. Does. But number one thing is you can't put no time in your dream. You can't say, I'm going to give it two years. I'm going to give it three years. I'm going to give it five years. No, don't do that. No. Don't put a cap. Don't, don't put, put a, no don't, cap on it. Yeah. Because it might be 20 years from now. Colin Farrell went on 2,000 auditions. Yep. 2,000. He got 2,000 no's. In that last audition, that one yes changed his life. Yeah, exactly. It's all depend on how bad do you want it. Exactly. Are People. you willing to persevere? Yeah. Are you willing to persevere? Are you willing to get all through the no's and all the naysayers in order to see a silver lining at the end? Yes. Yeah. Because that you can get a thousand no's, ten thousand no's, but that one yes would change your life. Exactly. And it's like, how much are you going to endure in order to get to the end? How much are willing? Or how much are you willing to keep it moving? You're right. Are you willing to put the work in? Are you willing to to do all the no's, all the naysayers, all the dream killer, all the negative people? Right. Are you willing to grind? Exactly. That's why I love that movie, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I think I told you about that. Yes. That dude had that's a favorite scene in that movie. It when Andy Dufresne wanted to get out of prison. He wanted to get untrapped. I think it was like a little bit of uh, like a little knife, like a little hat hammer or something. Yeah. He just kept chipping. Yep. He kept chipping. He kept chipping. He kept chipping. He kept chipping. And that whole end up being in what they say, five football field? Yep. That's five hundred yards. Yep, it is. He with that little bit of nail, how bad do you want it? Yeah, it goes back to that why. How bad do yeah. you want it? And why are you doing it? Your why will keep you going. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Amazing. Um, just kind of wrap up okay. the, uh, the podcast good. here. Yeah. So we got some shout outs here um, from a few other emails I received from the first episode that we did. So Kevin out of Little Rock, Arkansas says, hey, Brandon, I enjoyed your first episode with you and Scott. You guys had a lot of great stories to share, and especially Scott's stories of getting pulled over and giving the officer a little bit of lip. That was very ballsy of him. And I laughed so hard. So I appreciate <laughs> Kevin for that email. For that email. Uh, by the way, if you guys haven't seen the first episode or heard the first episode, it is on SoundCloud right now. So, and I will have the link to my Facebook page um, here um, sometime here for that as well. Um, Betty out of Fargo, North Dakota, or Fargo, says, "Hi, Brandon. Great first episode. How did you come up with the name of your podcast?" So basically, with the name of "Be My Guest" with Brandon Horton. It actually really wasn't supposed to be my, be my guest, Brandon Horton. I actually, originally when I had this planned out, because I've been planning this podcast for over a year now, about how I wanted to do it, how what my message was going to be, how I was going to you know do all of this. And so originally with this podcast, I was actually had originally a, you know, a monthly guest who was just consistent, a consistent guest with me. And in fact, actually the podcast was supposed to be Beyond the Pavement um, with and basically with the message with beyond the payment was you know with the payment with the pavement if i can't talk i can't talk for life me today but with beyond the pavement a pavement is just solid ground it's it's level and so when you go beyond that pavement you're walking on 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 rock you know unstable rocky roads and so with me i want to 
think of like some topics, think some think some or think of some uh, ways to kind of you know you know how am I going to get my message across? Because um, I don't want to unfilter myself, uncensor myself at any means. Because you know, with me, you know, with my work, with my family, I censor my life. I censor that aspect of my life. You know, I want something for myself that's not censored at all. And so, I guess going beyond that pavement is going beyond the imagination of what what we can talk about. And so, so originally, you know, Scott was going to be my my uh, guest throughout the whole journey here. But you know, things things happen. Things things you know don't work out that way and so being my guest was involved that way I have a new guest each episode that way we can share this share personal stories together on various topics so that's really how the name of the podcast started so thank you Betty for that and the last email I got was Nate out of Memphis Tennessee he goes hi Brandon I enjoyed listening to your first episode on the bus heading toward my college campus you and Scott shared some very interesting stories in a good way and I look forward to hearing more from you so I appreciate your guys's emails keep them coming for the next episode i appreciate clay for being here today so um so again diamond in the rough is available right now on voodoo um through you know the app store through your streaming players roku um i think it's also available on google play store as well so check that out um i'm yet to watch that movie too but i've heard a lot of great things about that um anything else you want to add anything else you want to promote uh, i just want to say um before i leave here um just always remember your why. Because your why will keep you motivated. And your why has to be bigger than yourself. Ask yourself, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? If it's to help others, a lot of great things are going to happen to you. And this is my why right here. So why am I doing this? Because I want to help, you know, share my personal stories, share my guests' personal stories, and then share your guys's, you know, as a as listeners, share your guys' stories. That way, eventually, you know, whatever the story may be, it can actually help inspire somebody else who may be listening as well. So, if you wanna, um, always, you can follow me on. The, I got my website is Keep It Moving Production, www.kimprod.com, for more information about me, myself, and other people, and. Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate it. I mean, a great story, great in-depth, in-depth episode here. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, and I, I know just, you and I have been planning this I for just, a while. I just, I just, I just, man, I just come from the gutter, man. I just come from the gut. I just come from the slum. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, would, a lot of people, a lot of my friends are dead right now, or they're dead, or they gave one, they just gave one of my friends a hundred years in prison. You know, they're dead or they have no hope and they just want to rob people and kill people or be a drug dealer, you know, or some of them dream was to be be a sports, you know, you you know, you can, you can be a successful guy. You don't have to be in sports, but whatever you do, put your all in it. Exactly. Put your all in it. Don't half ass, excuse my language. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't just, don't, don't, don't half it. If you're not all in, you're you're halfway out. Exactly. Put your whole. I mean, don't just put your whole effort into it. Put your whole heart put into it whole, as well. Yes. Just just think about making the pavement and making a way for the people that come behind. Exactly. 
Exactly. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that thank wraps so up much. this episode. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much. So this wraps up the episode of Be My Guest with Brandon Horton. I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sharing. You know, thank you for coming to share your story. I hope you had a good time. I did. Good, good. So we have another epic episode coming soon. So until then, be sure to join the movement on my Facebook page at Be My Guest with Brandon Horton and on Instagram at Be My Guest Den One. So that's Be My Guest D E N One. And so what I do is I post new content as well as interact with you guys. Um, so be sure to like and share and follow our page. Uh, we'll be sharing your life experiences in future episodes. So be sure to contact me either through Facebook, through Instagram, or through my email at BeMyGuestDen at gmail.com if you want yours to be featured on a future episode. Till then, I love you guys, and we will talk soon. <laughs>